everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt. We are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm uh, good, Robbie. Uh, apparently, we're doing this while moving at high speed away from the microphone. So that works because I want to get as far from this episode as I possibly can. I don't think I did it intentionally, but it is definitely. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, as, soon as, as soon as possible. Um, I'd much rather have a, a lesson on the Doppler effect than talk about this episode. <laughs> oh, God. It's you not know, that bad, honestly. I no, just you no, know, I don't want to watch it to talk about it. It's, hello. Hi. We are ready to our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Uh, we uh, have a person to thank, Matthew. Ooh, the best people? Okay. Yeah. Uh, either Dara, 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 Jamie. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, it is the beginning of the month. It is the best time to join a Patreon. Uh, and... You should do because you get a bunch of bonus episodes of the podcast. You, me and Matt last month did uh, for a bonus episode. We we watched Heavenly Heavenly Creatures, the film, Peter Jackson film that uh, Lisa, recently the Lisa the Drama Coon was based based on quote, far more so than we realized. Actually, I you mean, guys have never seen that movie. That episode has a lot more in it from that movie than we realized. I mean, yes, because it steals in whole cloth and doesn't give it yeah. any context. Um, but Heavenly Creatures is an interesting film. It was fun to talk about it. Uh, you should go, you go support us. We appreciate it. This week's episode is How the Test Was Won, episode LABF02, originally aired March 1st, 2009, written by Michael Price, directed by Lance Kramer, received a 3.7 rating with 6.5 million viewers. The chopper gag, March Madness, is not an excuse for missing school. <laughs> Sorry, that just, <laughs> that struck me as incredibly dumb. It is. I mean, it is. I, I'm like, again, chopper gag is perfectly, it's a perfectly good chopper gag. I'm, I appreciate the uh, fact that they're putting effort and energy into them, but I, this episode, I don't, again, this is very, it's a, the, the full intro with a, a full long couch gag, a chopper gag. It's like, I don't know. I don't know if time would help this, so who cares? The couch gag. I really like this couch gag. Couch gag is really good. Uh, the Simpsons travel through four iconic sitcoms from four different decades, starting with The Honeymooners, and then Dick Van Dyke, then The Brady Bunch, and then finally Cheers, before finally returning to the living room. That's a lot of fun. I really like this. That's good. It's by far the best thing in this episode. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Was Yeah, I think so. I don't think seeing them like do Cheers cosplay is better than or dick van dyke for that matter dick van dyke was such a good dick van dyke show was so good matt you ever watch dick right. van dyke show i can't say that i have but i've heard wonderful things it's very is it's like obviously it's in the 60s but it's very mary tyler moore obviously dick van dyke two superstars just a, just a, just a wonderful sitcom um you know so i'm not I'm trying not to talk about this episode of the Simpsons as much as i can um, it will be easy because nothing happens in this episode. Not a thing. Not a darn thing. It is empty. It is, this is a filler episode. This is all filler. Um, we've come back around that. This is one of those, we get these once in a while where it's very clearly a bunch of ideas duct taped together, plus some archival footage from old episodes. Oh yeah. The, the episode almost basically opens with a montage of Homer getting hurt. Why? Plus <laughs> other long, mon meaningless montages. Uh, it, this episode is just like, we need to get, we need to fulfill our contractual obligations of getting this many episodes out. 
episode begins with Homer Marge celebrating that there is a new school year, that the kids are going back to school. It's going to be the government's problem, as Homer says it. Uh, okay. Um, so we started the, the, in the Simpsons house, breakfast table. That's that's perfectly acceptable. That's how a lot of Simpsons episodes start. Um, Simpsons going about their day, which I appreciate that. I'll say that this episode isn't Okay, never mind. I take back what I was about to say. I was about to say this episode is not incredibly unrealistic, but then I thought about like the Ralph and Barge stuff and Skinner being oh, an actor. Yeah, the, the teleporting. Um, so it starts off relatively low, uh, low key, you know, which I low to the ground, which I do appreciate. But and there, I, and it does get to something quickly. Um, there's not you know eight minutes of inciting incidents. Problem is, there's not. It does the. There is no plot to any of these plots. Uh, this is where Matt alluded to a long montage of Homer getting hurt. This is where we get that because Homer needs to drop off a check for an insurance company. Hey, Matt, I'm okay. What's everyone listening? I want you, we're going to do a little, uh, a fun little game. If you've ever wanted a Simpsons episode where there's a subplot where Homer and Marge worry about not having insurance for four hours, raise your hand. I'm guessing no one raised their hand because I didn't. I know Matt didn't. Um, that's one of these. One of Definitely the sub, not. That's one of the subplots of this episode is literally Homer to Marge going. It's good we have insurance. What? <laughs> what is what is what is this? Uh, we get it because oh, I mean, obviously for Homer that's definitely true because Homer is just getting destroyed constantly. So I, I get that, but like worrying about it's not fun. It's not. Yeah, like and like oh, we can't do anything risky. I'm like that's not. That's nothing to do with. Okay, it doesn't matter. We get a long montage of Homer getting hurt. It's 33 different incidents from a bunch of different episodes. I think it's very interesting that the vast majority, the majority of these, over 20 of them, are from post-Golden Years. Like, the most ridiculous injuries are obviously, it's all post-Golden Years. Like, Golden Years, like, for the most part, is, oh, Homer having a heart attack. Homer getting hit by a baseball. Not... Homer getting electric, not getting struck by lightning, not and then literally the last clip, Matt, the Strayers of Horror clip with clones of Homer jumping off a cliff. Yeah, what the hell? I they don't care. Uh, so there's that, uh, and then the kids, the kids go to school. The kids don't want to go to school. Bart, I mean Bart doesn't want to go to school. Lisa's perfectly fine with it. Uh, and we cut to the kids at school in in a assembly. Skinner kind of welcoming the kids back. Welcome to another school year. One important note, the flower-based names of the reading groups are now barnyard-based. Mr. Becker has protested the move, so his group will remain the Daffodils. Yeah! Where my dills at? Go Dills! Go Dills! Go Dills! I never tire of that. Um, one other announcement. At the end of the month, we'll be participating in the vice president's assessment test. He stinks! We're assessing you, not him. Withdrawn. The BPAT is part of the federal government's No Child Left Alone Act. It'll be a rewarding day of pencil sharpening and eyes on your own paper keeping. Cut the horse bull, Seymour. <laughs> your scores on this test will determine how much money this suck shack gets for years to come. So we will spend every moment of the next two weeks drilling the questions and answers into your soft little skulls. The sad part is how realistic that is. <laughs> The sad part is that this doesn't develop in anything. Um, because like you there said, are many sad parts. I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't want to occlude other sad parts. I'm just saying this is not an uninteresting story to to tell an episode of The Simpsons about because it it 
is perfect. It directly affects Bart and Lisa, and it seems like a perfect kind of plot point to discuss the inadequacies and the stupidity of forcing standardized testing on our school systems as a whole. And you Simpsons are, it, it feels like a layup, honestly. This is a perfect topic for the Simpsons to satirize and parody. It seems like it's so easy um, because you just have, you have these variables. They're really simple, really. It's like, oh, we have standardized testing. We need to prepare the kids for standardized testing. The kids are struggling and or like you could have it be interesting. I would hear this is our, our preview of our fix this episode. It's very easily like I would just have it. it. I think an interesting, fun thing to do would Bart takes to it like a fish to water. Bart with this very rig, rigmarole kind of boring, like just coaching about how to answer standardized tests. He's very good at it because it's not it's not actually learning. It's just memorizing it for in for some reason. It works on Bart and he's able to do well on the tests. Lisa it actually doesn't work well on Lisa because she buckles against the fact that it's not actually learning. You know, it's a more of a principle of the matter thing to her. Um, and then you have those you have them clash and you have them talk about what standardized testing does to kids and why it's not actually really good for children, why it's a stupid way to judge and assign budgets to schools, etc., etc. There's so much there. Instead, we get like five minutes of it, and it's just, and it's almost all just yelling. You know, there's no like coherent, competent, like satire here. It's just a lot of screaming and yelling and panic. Um, So we get the child, no child left alone. We get the V-Pats, and then we get a montage, Matt. Uh, of testing prep, which involves um... <laughs> using using uh, the fine arts to drill in test answers and then memorizing the test answer sequences, which is, ooh, that's that's real bad. I mean, I, I will I, say I would believe it actually happened, but real bad. No, but I mean, it's again, this again, this is a bad like this montage is fine. It's actually the only time I laughed at the episode. It's when yeah. it's when Martin gets hit with a, a dodgeball during gym. And after he asks where where did the, were these studies done, and the dodgeball coach says ball state, and then hits him with a dodgeball, that got me. That like the one yeah. joke in this episode yeah. that actually worked on me. Um, Although I was pretty sure Helena was the most populous city in, in uh, Montana, so mm. not Missoula. Maybe I'm wrong. What's that? Missoula? Not Missoula. Never heard of Missoula. It's you, you don't what really? You don't know Missoula? I mean, I've been there, so I'm obviously, but it's a it's a college town, so I would, uh, very possibly, yeah, seventy five thousand. Billings is number one. Oh, which is Billings. also a city I've been in in Montana, and Billings is is pretty big for Montana standards. Been to way too many Montana cities. I had to drive through Montana to get to Texas from Canada, Matt. So it's Oof. I had to. So you saw a whole lot of nothing. And also, there's a uh, the Decemberists put on a big uh, concert thing in Missoula, which is where they're from. Um, so we went to that. Missoula's nice. And the concert was great. I love the Decemberists. Um, see, more talk about not this episode. So we got this montage of testing prep. And then eventually, finally, we get, uh, not finally, it literally is the next scene. I don't know why I'm saying this. We don't get anything else. We just get this montage of testing prep. And then it, it's test day. So all of this takes place in two days, I guess. Really? Now, I guess the montage takes place over a couple days, I, over those two weeks, I presume. We don't get any time, which is the weirdest thing to me, Matt. Like, 
that's the time where you build this story up. You know, you would have Lisa talk about and and the kids go back and forth between the parents about what they're learning and and they would debate about if it's good or not, et cetera, et cetera. But they don't do that. They just cut directly to test day um, where the kids are going to 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 to, to school to take the test. And also the timeline of this doesn't work out. Typically, kids get months to prepare for these tests, but whatever. We get the very important plot point that Homer hasn't dropped off the payment for the insurance uh, to the insurance company, which is Red Umbrella Company, I think they call it, or Blue Umbrella. Blue Umbrella. Blue it's Umbrella. Blue Cross, Blue Shield. But, you know. I get you. Um, so Homer hasn't paid the insurance bill. We get jokes about that. I don't know why that's a funny. <laughs> I don't understand what's funny about it. Um, but Bart and Lisa are stopped basically at the door when they get out of the car. And we are we learn that Bart tells Lisa, oh, they had a practice test day before Bart completely fudged it. You know, he just wrote out uh, some eat, eat snot or, or snort snot, eat snips. I don't know. Something what like that. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, and so he didn't take it seriously. Then he is stopped by Skinner to say that he got a perfect score on the on the practice test. And therefore, he is exempt uh, from taking the normal test. You'd think Bart is smarter than this, though. Bart would know he didn't get a perfect test. Uh, he gets, he gets, he says you get to go to a bowling alley and a pizza party. Eh, you know, you get that 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 the carrot. You know, maybe it it pulls you away. You don't think about it too much. Also, you're you're a kid. You do what you're told. Um, but this is all a ruse because this is where we see that that Bart has been taken uh, along with the bullies and Ralph and sequestered away. Uh, so they don't get to take the test. Check it out! Bart's a superstar, too! Bart's here! Awesome! Wait a minute. This ain't no genius copter. This is Con Air! <laughs> take it away, Willie! <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your flight! Brilliant plan to remove all the underperformers for test days, sir. Yes, all of them. Uh, why, Seymour, it seems I left my sunglasses on the bus. Well, I'd best retrieve them. Yes, yes, you'd best. Sir? So long, superstars. Um, I'll say this, man. Mm -hmm. I think it's very, I think it's fun that Chalmers gets, put Skinner on the bus with them. You know, these, these, these reject kids. Um, but it, this is a different like this is does not belong in this episode. It should it should not exist. It doesn't make any sense. Well, uh, if if the episode was about this, possibly, but making these two completely disparate plot lines in the same episode, did, once again detracts from either of them getting enough room to breathe and being interesting. Like the it, one with Lisa, you know, freaking out about the test. That's a good plot, but uh, it just there's three plots. There are literally together. three plots in this episode, and none of them do anything. Uh, they're all, they're three stories. They are all unsatisfying because there are three of them. I, then this is a thing that we're going to see for years. <laughs> I hope you're ready, Matt, because this is what the, like the, uh, we're trading again. Tra I think I said this last week, trading new trading one problem for another. And this is, Oh, there's three plots and they don't, none of them get enough time. There's just not no development of anything. Things just happen. We got a commercial at eight minutes and 15 seconds. And when we come back, we get a sort of an explanation uh, for what's going on from Skinner. Thanks. 
can't believe it. Superintendent Chalmers betrayed me after all the wrapping paper I bought from his daughter. Pizza party! Pizza party! Helicopter! Helicopter! Stop it! All of you! What's the matter, Superstar? Feeling sorry for the normals? Don't you get it? There is no pizza party. This isn't a helicopter. No pizza party? Not a helicopter. Huh? Let me explain this to you in terms even the simplest will understand. We're hiding you in Capital City for the day so your numb scullery won't drag down the test scores of the children who are our future. Told ya. Will there be other numbskulls there? Sort of a numbskull Olympics, as it were? Let's all act stupid. Guys, save it for the competition. Why Why are they okay with this? Why Why do they want to act stupid? I mean, the bullies are dumb, but they're not this dumb. I, 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 again, Matt, this is filler. I don't know. Like, there's nothing here. It's the, completely filler. Like, there, there's this entire Skinner plot. It's just dumb. Well, like... The obvious thing to do is not, oh, like, the problem is, again, there's just no time for any of this. Like, the story here is, oh, Skinner, he is a, you know, buttoned up, straight-laced, thinks he is uh, competent and wants to be competent, wants his school to do right. And then he has been rejected and exiled, much like these boys have, by Chalmers, despite the fact that he is very different than them. You know, they're they're bullies. They're problems. The it, the the interesting story is, oh, we see them bond together, and they do that, but they do it in the dumbest way possible. And there's no development here, and it's just like moments like this where it, you know what you do here instead of this weird thing, you write jokes. There's just no jokes here. Um, I can't. Again, I could say that about the most of this episode. There's no jokes here. This episode is very dull. It's very boring. Uh, it's very boring. There's, there's there's one point that I laughed at in this entire episode, and I, I will get to that uh, when it comes up, but it it's a single point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from this, we go back to the Homer plot, because when Homer's on a screen, everyone should be asking, where's Homer? <laughs> Homer finally realizes that he has not paid his insurance, and he can't mail it anymore, so he has to run downtown to the office. First of all, Homer is very lucky any insurance company has a office at this point because hey, hey, I mean, this hey, is what 2009 2009 you still had i don't know it's the big companies still had offices okay like and you, okay, fair, you could still fair. find them in big cities they would still have offices not very many but they do exist um you're not i don't know i i i think at this time i think it's reasonable and i don't really care okay. uh, but again this scene doesn't need to exist like i don't need to see homer dropping no. you don't need any of this <laughs> you don't need to, like i don't need this plot matt like i can see things in the the skinner on the bus story that could tell story something this is nothing this is filler this is just the, there's no this is the lamest most like this feels like a like again this this plot where like homer has to avoid risk it feels like it was written by uh, I, I I use this critique a lot for the latter Al Jean years, like post HD era. It feels like it was written by a grandpa. <laughs> it does. I was there was a point in this when I was trying to think of what was going on, and it feels like this was written at a written by a grandpa for like four year olds to find funny because nothing in this is funny to anyone you know over the age of like twelve. So it's either you're so old that there's like nostalgia mixed up in this, or you're so young that like poop jokes and people getting hurt are funny 
it, and again, I think that's where we're at. It, it just—it just feels very lame. It just feels like a very corny joke your grandpa would tell you, and you're like, the Simpsons were like smart and cutting. You know, like that's what I think of when I think of Simpsons humor is like very smart, very, very, very sharp. And this is not that. It feels like yeah. a bowl of oatmeal. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Homer uh, can't turn it in because the, the I guess the, the, whoever runs the office of his insurance company is at a wedding until 3 p.m. I mean, he it won't get it won't get processed until 3 p.m. I think is what. They're telling and us. And how long does it, you think it takes an insurance company to process something like that? Uh, <laughs> immediate? No. I don't think so. I would say but, okay. if, it's like within, if, if it's within a work week, five working days, I would say good job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so moving on, mm-hmm. uh, we go back to Elisa trying to take the test at school. And uh, this is just it's a little bit over the top, even for choppers. Now, I know some of you may suffer from test anxiety. Here's a helpful hint. Imagine each question is a baby chick. If you answer wrong, the chick dies. Or shut up, they would have died anyway. Now, the test will begin in five, four, three. Oh, my God, we should have begun four minutes ago. Go, 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 go. I mean, that's that's one way to motivate kids, I guess, but it's probably not going to work. Also, it's up to them when they start and stop the test. So, yeah, this is incredibly dumb. <laughs> uh, Lisa starts to take the test and just bad things start happening to her. <laughs> she, she can't seem to get through with it. She just like uh, she's like, again, that like there is no build up to this. So it doesn't mean anything like we saw a very brief montage. And now Lisa's taking this test. And it's like she is. We're being told we're, again. Telling we're being told, not being. Sh- we haven't been shown any of this. Like, if Lisa, she's like panicking, and she is getting distracted by lots of noises all around her, by Millhouse, by people outside, and she's like, we're getting like this weird panic where like she's gonna fail basically the rest of her life because she's gonna do poorly on this test because she doesn't have able to time. She doesn't have time to complete it, and. There's no build to this. There, we're not. We don't see a single scene with Lisa worrying about it. We don't see a single scene with Lisa talking to Marge or Homer about I'm worried about this test, or to her friends, or to her teachers, or to Skinner, or to anyone. So it doesn't mean anything now that she's panicking. Now we haven't been shown anything. It's like it's it's very much like, hey, you do the work, audience. You know who Lisa is, right? Well, you know she'd be worried about this. I'm like, that's not how this works, man. You got to no. show, you give me scenes, but there's no time because we have to have Homer insurance. We have to have Skinner, uh, you know, on a bus. Indeed. Uh, so at this point, uh, right as the Lisa test plot is starting to develop into something interesting, kind of, sort of, we go back to the bus where Ralph has to pee. And so they have to stop somewhere only to find out that Ralph has already peed his pants. But while Skinner and the boys are in the restroom at the gas station, uh, Otto has let, I guess, young thugs steal the entire bus, except for, like, the floorboard and the I guess, drivetrain and frame. Like, it's all gone. Like, the entire bus, all the tires, the roof, the windows, seats, everything is just completely gone. I, yeah, and we, I did not mention at the end, uh, they're there at the, uh, we, I don't know, this, this is where we get the, this, the prior to, um, 
this they we had the they were at the corner of Cesar Chavez and MLK um and like that's supposed to be like oh it's dangerous here yeah and because someone saw a Chris Rock bit from 1998 decided <laughs> to put it in a 2009 Simpsons episode I, I just don't have any patience for this um probably because my mother and father have had drummed it into me as a child over and over again how dangerous cities are and how like we lived in the middle of nowhere and that's safe and I'm like I have felt I've that's not I've lived in cities now my entire adult life and guess what Caesar you I have lived in very sketchy neighborhoods in my entire adult life people areas where people go oh it's dangerous I'm like no no it's not it's really not dangerous you're very it's very low chances of any kind of danger happening to you unless you yourself are seeking it out um and they're not gonna go after a school bus because there's no money in stealing from a school bus it's stupid. That's dumb. It, like again, I just look at this and go, "This is stupid, incredibly stupid." Yeah, but thankfully for me, that's where we go to a commercial. <laughs> dun dun dun! A uh, very short uh, second act, um, and an even shorter third act. We are beginning at twelve minutes and fifty seconds. Um, and God Almighty, we get to the <laughs> back to the insurance plot. Homer comes home, tells Marge they have, don't have insurance. Um, it's lapsed because they haven't paid a bill and they have a, they have a conversation about this, man. Like it, this takes up so much time. It's so terrible. Um, Homer's like, we can, just can't have any accidents either to us or on our property because we're not insured. And then we see that Marge is having a book club here. We get a very dumb daydream slash vision. This is a family guy gag. I cannot emphasize hard enough that this is a family guy gag. This uh, this well the problem is this starts uh what is I have to feel like the animators showing off what they can do in HD because there are so many action sequences in this like it started with the Homer Payne flashback to show where they came from and then you get this whole like action sequence of Homer being all over the place and then you get a later one with Skinner and I'm just like I get it like you guys like doing stuff in HD because you can show off but this is unnecessary I mean I I asked for it last week Matt. Like, just, hey, show it off. And it, I think this episode is really crystallizing me. And I think that's perfectly, like, reasonable reading of this. Like, oh, they show us the old footage. And then they show us new footage. And it's, oh, look how nice this looks. How well, look how good the animation is. Like, how well it uses the HD, uh, both the, the aspect ratio and the clarity. And I now, like, I really just wish they did an episode about it. Like, that was, like, an episode that was, like, saying goodbye to the old era. And an episode that is welcoming in the new era of like, look at this animation. And it doesn't, it, I think it would have less of a burden to try and tell a story while also having like cool animation stuff going on. I would, I think that would have been nice just to have that as a thing. Like, it's not like you don't have the episodes for it. You have so many episodes, you can, you can make them about anything. Um, but Homer has a stupid vision where everyone in the book club gets terribly injured and dies. Um, and then has a vision of, uh, of Marge and Lindsay Nagel making out. Which I don't need that on me, please. I don't need that in my Simpsons. Please. Nope, we, no, we're not good with that. I don't want that. In, I don't want that in my Simpsons. Uh, that's that's cool. Um, so we cut away, and then and then we cut back to reality. Book club is just they're just there. Homer is basically watching the clock until three o'clock, worried that they're going to hurt themselves. Um, you would say that doesn't seem very much like a Homer thing to do. You'd be right, but that's what they wrote. That's how it goes. Um, we're cut back to the test. Lisa's freaking out because she doesn't have any answers uh, because she's looked at the first question and every single answer is applicable. Every answer is correct, technically. 
And Matt, I, you probably are going to say, Robbie, you're a dumb, you're a dumb, dumb, you're a dummy, you're an idiot. Because this is the moment, Matt, where I went, oh, maybe they're going to do like a fun swerve where the test, every answer is right. You know, like some weird thing where every, it doesn't matter what kids, what answer the kids give. They're all right answers. Like they rig the test basically so that everyone gets full funding and all the kids grade out right. But ultimately proving how futile standardized testing is and how stupid this is because you have to rig it so that they can actually get funding. But that's not, that's not, that's not. No, Robbie, that is, wow. You're not kidding. That is way more credit than you could ever get. For a moment, I was like, maybe that's going to be. Lisa's going to look at the next question and the next question and the next question. And she realizes all these, every answer is technically correct. And like, I was going to, like, I was waiting for that. But that, no, that doesn't, that doesn't happen. We get panic uh, with Chalmers. And then we cut back to, uh, to Skinner and the kids where there has been an incident with Ralph. Lisa, like Captain Kirk, I'm not supposed to interfere. But like T.J. Hooker, I say what is on my mind. If you don't know the answer, just guess. This test penalizes guessing. It does? All right, nobody guess. Just be right. Get down on your knees, pray to your God, and ask him. No, demand he tell you the answer. And if he won't, he is no God of yours. What's your plan now, Skin Rash? My name isn't Skin Rash, it's Principal Skinner, and you will address me as such. Sure thing, such. I'll deal with your insubordinate wordplay later. My first duty is to get you boys to safety, and that's... Where's Ralph? I'm playing with Elmo! Okay, so Chalmers... This is where it gets real dumb. Yeah, it's real... Like, again, they just don't know how to do it. I'm so smart. Like, they don't have time. That's the problem. Like, I'm... They're just flying by the seat of their pants, I'm guessing. I don't know. It certainly doesn't feel like there's a plan for any of this. Um, So, the school's in chaos. And now we cut back to Skitter at Capital City. And... Which I guess they're in Capital City. But we never see, yeah, like... for some reason, that's where they sent them for the day. But we never... Also, never, like, get... Oh, welcome to Capital City. Like Capital City is an out like an hour hour more than an hour drive away. You know, it's not it's not like just uh, oh we just drive next door. But again, there's just no time, so they don't bother showing us any montage of the kids traveling. We don't get travel. We don't know why. Like they're just there. They teleport, and then we see Ralph effectively teleport to a bar- a garbage barge, a gar a a barge garbage garbage. There we go. A I did it. There a garbage. Um, Congratulations, Robbie! You made Canada. I did, you made Canada proud. I got it. I did it. I did the thing. Um, Ralph's just in a on a barge in the middle of this river that we've never <laughs> really seen before, and you're just like, well, you've just invented a problem. Like this, not this isn't <laughs> what if Ralph has met Matt? Okay, this is a serious question. If Matt has if if Matt. If Ralph has, <laughs> if Matt has, okay, I know magic, I'm a lot like Ralph, but you don't have to go rubbing it in. I mean, you're cute and charming, and you were better in the golden years. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, uh, probably I've gotten much, much worse. Uh, yes, I mean it. it I, I'm not. I don't blame you. It's the Simpsons' fault. Um, Ralph, if Ralph has magical powers. Why do I? Why am I concerned about his health? He's invincible, man. Ralph, you can't hurt Ralph. 
if you told me Ralph was some sort of like demigod that is trapped in a child's body, some simple creature that is invincible and immortal, I would believe you. I'm not concerned about Ralph's health, but we're supposed to. We're supposed to panic now because Ralph is in the middle of a garbage barge, you know, hundreds of feet away, uh, floating down a river. And that's when we go to commercial, our final commercial at 15 minutes and nine seconds. And when we come back, uh, we're back to the book club that Homer is at. And this is where we get the big action sequence of Homer repeatedly preventing anything that would cause any problems. I mean, there's even a scene of him uh, throwing cheese in midair to catch a whole bunch of tiny uh, toothpick uh, swords, which I don't know if you guys know this, but those, those don't really hurt no matter how hard you throw them. But yeah, and also Maggie manages to launch a knife with a tiny cannon. But luckily for the family, the window is open. The knife goes outside and hits Mr. Burns in the forehead at exactly 3.01 p.m. Yeah, um, so that's that's it. So Homer survives until 3 p.m., uh, which is when his insurance automatically kicks in. Matt, and... Matt, 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 I have to mention this, okay? Because it's the worst okay. thing. We get the knife in Mr. Burns' head. Um, which, well, again, why is Mr. Burns standing there? It's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. But Homer pulls out the knife. Like, there's a lot of, like, weird gags in this that we're not going to, we don't mention, you know, things. And no laughs. You know, if we laughed, we would talk about it. But there's no laughs here. But I just, it's just the worst. It's also just disgusting. Because Burns is a fountain of blood pouring out of his head. And Homer, so Homer puts his finger over it. And the blood starts shooting out of Burns' ear. Then Homer puts his finger in that. And then it starts shooting out of Burns' nose. Then Homer puts his mouth over Burns' nose. Which and causes then, his mouth to immediately fill up with blood, right, Robbie? Uh, no, it makes the blood shoot out of Homer's ear. And <sighs> I don't know what what weird cartoon physics, that this how this works. But all I, like, all I get out of it is a fountain of blood. Burns his blood pouring into Homer's mouth. I it's gross. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. It's disgusting, and I don't. It's not funny. I don't know what this is. No, uh, and it, it, it's so cartoony because oh yes, Mr. Burns has gotten you know a knife to the forehead, which Mr. Burns is old and has loose skin, so sure that would bleed. But when Homer stops the bleeding, it comes out of his ear for some reason. Why exactly? With the blood bubbling up beneath the surface, and now it's got to get out whatever way it can that makes no sense whatsoever i don't i don't know about i don't know yeah i know it's cartoony anyway so at this point homer and marge have a heart to heart sort of with homer basically apologizing and marge saying it's okay i should have known you're a moron marge are you mad i forgot to send in the payment no sweetie at this point in a marriage a wife should know what her husband can do and what he can't who was i to think you could mail an envelope Baby, I hope you got snuggle insurance, because I'm about to file a claim. Haha, ha, insurance jokes. Very funny. Very funny. You, basically, Marge should know that Homer's a moron and can't be trusted with anything, and she should not be with him. So, now that we've established that, we can go back to the kids in Capital City, uh, where, once again, Ralph has teleport- been teleported to the garbage barge. Uh, Skinner is watching this, and... Uh, I, I guess is nervous that the uh, nearby there's a ship loading up containers. I guess Skinner is nervous that the container is somehow going to hurt Ralph. So he steals Bart's slingshot. No, no, no. He, wants, he wants the he wants the crane operator to grab Ralph, I guess. 
so that they don't have to go I, okay, find okay, him. That makes more sense, but it's still incredibly stupid. No, it's very dumb, but I, that is the justification for it. I don't know if it's... I, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> it's all dumb. It doesn't make any sense, but that is what the, the, the original intention is of Skinner, is to somehow make this garbage... The, the crane operator go and, like, rescue Ralph? I don't know. So, yeah. So Skinner takes Bart's slingshot, writes a note, wraps it around a rock, and then manages to hit the crane operator in the head. This this causes him to, the crane operator, to fall onto the controls, uh, swinging the container around and causing it to open up and start the container to start dumping pianos into the water. And unfortunately, for our heroes... Uh, the garbage barge, uh, which has somebody at the helm driving it, is going straight towards those pianos and does nothing to stop it. No, no, the garbage barge is just floating, Matt. There's no, there's no pilot on there. There's no driver. There's no captain. At the end of this episode, <laughs> at the end of this act, less than a minute from now, there's a driver who says, says next stop, Springfield Elementary. So there is somebody driving. He just doesn't care if pianos I, shit. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. Also, uh, how many pianos are in that thing? We see like four of them fall into the water and it's, it's still dropping uh, pianos. There's lots of pianos. I don't, again, none of there's this is. so many pianos. You know, it doesn't, does, okay. This episode is about standardized testing, right? Robbie, we don't know what this episode's about. We don't care <laughs> at enough. this point. Fair enough. Anyway, so, so at this point, Skinner somehow jumps onto the top of the container. I don't know how, because it's like a hundred feet away over the water. He the, manages to the get bridge, onto the top the, of it. The bridge. He just jumps from the bridge, man. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, he just jumps a hundred feet midair onto it and then uses the principle of angular momentum. So he runs in a direction on top of the container, which causes the container to spin, which, yes, that's the way it works. Although it, you know, unless the container was very well balanced, it would take a lot of force. But this is definitely within the realm of possibility. That way, the infinite source of pianos the piano singularity inside the container is still dumping pianos but they're going off the side of the garbage barge and ralph is saved saves the day skinner Skinner being an action hero saves the day uh is this where you is this where you left matt when the piano fell into an orphanage the piano falls into an orphanage there is a wooden shack called orphanage for the musically gifted i think it says it is that is what it says that's what it says. And so the container swings out over this and drops a piano. <laughs> We're finished. And then you hear piano playing for about 10 seconds. Um, the, the kids go, yay. Yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> Their shelter has been destroyed, <laughs> but they got a piano that somehow miraculously survived this fall. It It is just so stupid. I can't. I, all this is so dumb. I just like, what is this? That is the dumbest thing I think I've ever seen. <laughs> it's looped around to funny again. I think that's the thing, Matt. We're like, it's gotten <laughs> to the point where I have to laugh at the badness. Like it's, I have to because it's, it's like I like it's like I'm I'm recontextualizing The Simpsons as we go, but just to save my own sanity. Looney Tunes is more <laughs> realistic than this. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, then everyone teleports to the barge. Uh, where they are uh, reading a, a classic literature story. I'm not sure which one because I'm I believe it, well versed. I, I believe it is Huck Finn. I believe it's Huck Finn. It is Huck Finn. Okay, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. It's Huck Finn, Thomas Sawyer, something along those lines. Uh, but then the driver of the barge, who once again exists and appears to be driving, says, next stop, Springfield Elementary. So I guess he just decides to drive this garbage barge 
along some river all the way back to Springfield to the dock in the rear of the school. The timeline totally exists. The, like it's again, it is absurd <laughs> nonsense where one, there's a river that runs right next to Springfield Elementary, even though we have literally never seen it before. They're just like, oh, today there is one. Um, and a garbage barge drives by every day and it is going fast enough that the like we are being shown these things as as like they're concurrent. Like Lisa's taking the test. Homer uh-huh. and uh and Marge are doing the insurance thing and Skinner and the boys are doing stuff in Capital City. And we are presented like all this stuff is happening at roughly the same time. So we end the Homer Marge insurance plot story whatever you want to call it we're getting this time of like oh it's at three o'clock you know that's when the thing that's when they have that they'll be protected again so and this is already we've already seen that and i don't give the simpsons credit like they're doing some sort of lynchian or christopher nolan-esque you know time jumps and jumping backwards and forwards in time to me now it is after three o'clock it's just simple you know, we've already seen it's past three o'clock, which I would think school would be out. There would be no more school, um, but they don't care. They're just like, no, school runs forever. Most standardized testing, you would start in the morning. It would be done by the end of the day. It's very simple. Um, it would usually take a few hours. I'm pretty sure that's what I remember I from what I took when I was in I was in high school at this time or just just prior to this. I was in high schools and I graduated and in the 2000s i don't like we had standardized tests i don't i took them sure you would have graduated high school in like 2005 or 2006 right 2004 but i had standardized tests and and we had standardized tests in in high school that's true that was five years before this standardized testing maybe has changed quite a bit in five years so much that it takes 10 hours and you stay after school for it um but that fact that this garbage barge stops by and that they're still like lisa's panicking about this test and chalmers panicking about this test it's still happening, but Capital City and Springfield are not next to each other, and water travel would be much slower than highway travel. So, how does this... They don't care. That's the answer. They don't care. No um, one cares, Bobby. They, In they fact, don't we're going to move on right now because oh, it doesn't okay. matter. Good. Because now we're going to get... <laughs> Uh, we're, we're, we get back into the testing room where the test is about to finish, and oh boy. All done. Then I've got two minutes to take care of these stray marks. Well, that's it. Uh-huh. The test is almost over and I haven't done a thing. I've blown my whole future. Right. Oh, well. Maybe it'll be more fun to be a regular, average, stay-at-home... This test is a joke. Huh? Skinner? Today, I received an education in how children really learn by seeing their principal run around on top of a shipping container. So children, put down your answer sheet and drop that number two. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, I know what that means. I've learned so much today. This is my school and I'm throwing out the test. And finally, effective immediately, I'm overturning this school's ban on dancing. What? Wait a minute. Why didn't we get the whole thing, Matt? Because we don't need to hear all of Footloose. <laughs> but rest assured, there is a very long dance sequence, not over the credits, as part of the main episode of 
everyone in the school dancing, including both Chalmers and Skinner. Again, HD is great, isn't it, Robbie? I a minute. I mean, I timed this out, man. I looked at this. It's just under a minute. It's like fifty-four seconds or something like that of dancing. Mm-hmm. Just a cuts to different people dancing at the school to Footloose. You know, and I do like which honestly. I love a good dance off at the end of a funny movie. I'm all I'm all here for it. It's the best part of Shrek is the end when they're all dancing to All Star. I think it is the best part but, of Shrek. <laughs> the best part by far. Okay. Not the message or anything. Not Mike Myers. Not Eddie Murphy. Not donkey dragon cross species relationships. No. The best part is the dance party at the end. Okay. I'm just it, no. I believe it's I'm a. Isn't I'm a believer? I thought they danced to I'm a believer at the end. Am I making that up? I, you're the smash, right. the smash right. mouth, I'm a believer. Yeah, the, you're the right. cover. Um, it's very important we get a Shrek fact straight. Uh, so, this episode, which has three plots, none of which have any meaningful content, no story, no character arcs, all because they are strapped for time. They have a full minute of dancing at the end of this episode, just to, again filler. This is all filler. They have no intent to actually tell anything meaningful. Uh, Skinner just, you don't just, Skinner can't just go, we're not doing it. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> that's not how the, that's, he's I mean, in yeah, a, he's the principal, but also he, uh, Chalmers is his boss who is right there. So it's, it's more up to him and still it's a national standardized test. So they're public schools. No? They don't get to decide it's, I'm, as, I'm sometimes it's unfortunate that some, a public school can't decide independently not to follow uh you know edicts from above but it doesn't work like that if this if they did that i'm pretty sure their funding would get cut uh and probably skinner and or chalmers would both be fired they would get they would get uh they would get above them would probably go no you're out of here we need new new superintendent and definitely new a new principal absolutely you know new super principal absolutely superintendents are elected maybe may elected depending on where so yeah it depends on what the you know they could probably do you get a can you get a impeached if you're a superintendent oh i'm sure i'm probably it's probably it, at least go for a, a recall election or yeah exactly um but regardless skinner would be fired um but it says nothing about standardized testing like skinner's proof is like oh i was able to teach these boys with this real life situation i'm like well i wouldn't necessarily rankle against that idea because that's kind of the truth about why standardized testing is bad is because it doesn't actually teach kids critical thinking or how to learn anything it is just like rote it teaches it turns kids into drones you know like it is it is like hey this is how you how kids and adults should be they should just follow orders and learn learn the answer and not actually learn how to critically think and analyze uh subject matters and and go oh wait a minute this means this means this a to b to c cause and effect um so that's not necessarily like oh i taught them things i showed them practical application of knowledge and through that they understood a little bit better about why learning is important but they did it in the most cartoonish nonsense way possible in this very fabricated situation. And there's no other anything else in this episode that is about that at all. Like they never talk about why standardized testing's bad. Like why is it bad, man? This episode doesn't tell we us. We don't know because it makes uh, good students like Lisa nervous or something like that. Yeah, like that's all we know. That's all they tell us. Like 
I'm am I supposed to fill in the blanks about why? Like, I'm sure there's many people who have no idea why standardized testing is is not effective. They probably go, sure, it's fine. They don't care. They don't think about it. It's the job of the content to tell us. Um, there's dancing for a full minute. This episode's terrible. I hate it. <laughs> I okay. I, here, I'll be fair. I can argue for me. I, I I don't hate. I don't hate this episode because it doesn't do anything terrible. It doesn't do anything really. It just it does nothing. There's nothing in this. I laughed at, at one dodgeball joke, but other than that. It, it is there's just nothing here it's three stories none of them tell a story things happen for 20 minutes and that is an episode i it is it would the, the, the life our lives don't change if this episode never exists there there is no impact on the world there is no sound of thunder <laughs> do not have to worry about a butterfly beating its wings against how the test was won because it would not have an impact if it vanished I guess we learned that Ralph has powers. Yes, Ralph is Ralph is some kind of elder god, like you said, or demigod trapped in a child's I body. I mean, why don't they just do that, man? Like, why don't we just lean into, like, Ralph is magical? Like, why not? At this point? Like, what are they I mean, losing? You have King and Kodos coming up, so yeah, yeah. exactly. Just, like, let Ralph be a magic kid thing. Like, whatever. He teleports when he wants to, and sometimes that causes problems. At least there's, at least they're telling me that's how he got there. You know? Like, they explain it. Oh, Ralph has magic powers. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll rank this episode at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? Yes. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Uh-huh. Of course. Yes. There. I mean, it's broken in the fact that there's just nothing. It's not a, it's not, there's no story here. I don't know what to say. Um, but I previewed it earlier. I like. I feel like that's the that's the path I would I would take. I would take a plot path where you have one plot, and the plot is standardized testing. Standardized testing. You have the your your thesis is standardized testing is bad and counterproductive to teaching to to actually educating children. And then you you spin out that from Bart and Lisa taking the having to get prepared for this test. Lisa obviously would rankle at this and say, "This is dumb. This is stupid. This isn't teaching us anything." And we show the impact of like, oh, well, we and then you have Skinner and Chalmers. They are not cartoon characters. They go, well, Chalmers goes, I don't really care. I We need money to pay teachers to, you know, to buy books, whatever. You know, we can't just go, oh, well, we can't do this. You have to do it. So what do we do? And you make everyone act like humans. I don't know how to explain that to the writers of The Simpsons, I guess. Um it's not complicated. Homer and Marge should take a back seat. I don't need them. I don't, Marge, maybe. Homer is an idiot. So you can have him say stupid things about standardized testing. That's really all you have to do. Yeah, at this point, Homer should be like a bit character in the other plots at most. I mean, that's with the caveat of like how they currently write Homer. He's obnoxious and terrible and frustrating whenever he's on screen. If he was just like, oh, you know, me, I thought standardized testing was good. I think that's a good idea. Well, we need to test the kids. And then Lisa's like, no, dad, actually this and this and this and this. And then you're like, well, Homer's like, well, I don't need critical. Th-. And like you show Homer doesn't have critical thinking skills and why that's not important. Like why it's important, et cetera, et cetera. And you, I don't know, you tell a story about, um, probably you would tell a story about Lisa and Bart, like trying to do the best because they have to, you know, and you have kind of like a melancholy ending and you like say, well, you know, we try and affect change and teach kids in other ways when you can. 
honestly, here, this actually, Matt, here, this is, I think, a really good idea is make this a Bart Lisa Kerbopple and like a Bart and Kerbopple story, maybe even. That would have, be Lisa, have Lisa in as like a another character in, in addition to it. But obviously, Lisa can do good on this test if she wants to. Bart is going to be the one that struggles. And so you and you need a focal point to make this a, 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 about education. Skinner's fine, but Kerbopple is better. She's a teacher. She is going to be struggling with this. And you could even talk about, oh, I wanted to be a teacher because I wanted to help kids. And this is not that. And obviously, they just don't do Kerbopple stories. And they haven't done a Kerbopple story in feels like forever. Like, I don't know what it was. Well, no, I mean, I, I wonder if Marsha Wallace was just hard to get. Because it seems like anything around the school nowadays is always Skinner and Chalmers, who, it turns out, uh, are voiced by two of the main actors who are there anyway. Weird how that happens. If God, it's just the penny pinching. Like, oh, we don't want to pay our actresses enough, so we don't bring them in. God almighty. Um... It feels like this should be a crop episode, honestly. Like, if you get people on the ground level of, like, having to teach standardized testing and, like, why this is stupid. And you could have episodes with, like, a scene with Krabappel and Skinner. And you don't need Chalmers. You have Krabappel telling Skinner, like, I don't want to teach this stuff. This is pointless. This is meaningless. This is empty. Like, they're not teaching the kids anything. Teaching them sequences of letters doesn't teach them anything. And you could say, like, you know. Obviously, Springfield Elementary is underfunded, and you can have that argument. They've done that those episodes before about funding of the school. Like, it's right there. But instead, we got Skinner in Capital City and buses getting stripped and, and insurance bits about, like, montages of people getting hurt at book club. I think I, – I don't know. I don't know, Matt. What is this? Um, I don't know. you have any other – no, I mean, that's pretty much it. You, you nailed the, the big thing, which was like, you need to focus on what this plot is about. Like having all of these three plots makes no sense whatsoever. You need to have one plot, stick with it. And then if you're still short a few minutes, you can come up with a B plot that hopefully is at least tangentially related to the A plot. I mean, that's the idea, really. But we get none of that. Yeah, it's not. Again, like us talking about this for to this length is like counterproductive because this i i i'm i would argue i might argue that we've you and i have put more time in this episode than the writers did because it certainly feels like it like i could have this is like this is back of a napkin or something like like spend some time man like finesse the other stuff out of there revise rewrite this is bad or even worse it's nothing like calling it bad is i might maybe too bold um there's just nothing here it's filler uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for Comments and News Group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments, comments from the News Group is where I ask our patrons to leave their thoughts on episode, leave their reviews. I really appreciate everyone who takes the time to watch and leave a uh, leave a review. It takes I, I'm well aware of the time it takes to do all this stuff, and I appreciate all of you. Uh, first from Charles, the episode has a similar problem as what Matt and Robbie complained about in last week's episode. Namely, the narrative the writers give for a specific episode goes against the established world they've built. At this point, the bullies are at least mid to late teens. So while it doesn't make any of them any less dangerous, they come across more pathetic, given that they are still in elementary school and spend their time beating up children. And Ralph is Ralph. This isn't a case of them having trouble learning. There's something mentally wrong with them. Yes, yes, not everyone learns the same way, but and for Bart, this is established canon, so when you lump him in with those two, you're both rehashing something we already know, while undercutting it at the same time. In fact, given he was the only one who realized what was going on, I'm kind of reminded of You Only Move Twice, where he's placed in the remedial class. Just look at Homer's reaction when Lisa told him about the test. 
since he was at least six, uh, since he was at least six, every authority figure in his life has told him the same thing. So why would he? So why would he care? Um, then there's the fact that there's nothing likable about Skinner, who they flannerize from competent and authoritative to I think the term is insufferable imbecile. Once again, it is established canon that the school is the worst in Springfield, and it is entirely his fault. We see this in the fact that every instant Bart and Lisa have left school or even their respective classes, his grades rise and hers lower, so you have to, you can't have him go. It's society's fault. Basically, this could have been our episode if the writers didn't try and have their cake and eat it too. I know this because I think I think they did this concept much better later in Bart stops to smell the Roosevelt. I hope they did. I hope that episode's better than this. Um from... definitely as I remember that one. It, it's better than it's not a great episode, but it's definitely an interesting one that that helps make this point more uh, better. So eventually the show gets better, is what you're telling me I'm not eventually? Yeah, I, I think we're we're on our way out of the every episode is terrible and really just be, uh, ask the question why does this exist to okay, a few of these are pretty good. Okay. Uh from Tim. There are two major problems with this episode. The seemingly endless montage of Homer getting hurt was visually exhausting, while the intersection of Martin Luther King and Cesar Chavez. Who boy. You're telling me. Um and also like counterpoint, I have we in Austin, we have a Caesar Chavez. It's incredibly expensive to live on Caesar Chavez. It's downtown. It's very like very nice. I don't know. Okay. Um once you get behind that, beyond that, though, the rest qualifies as acceptable. I like the fact that Chalmers has proved to be a far worse administrator than Skinner, and I enjoyed how Skinner, in his own way, generates some level of respect from the students. Springville Elementary is on the ocean? Who knew? This is the second time that Spice Girls wannabe is referenced. Interesting. Definitely not canon. I'll be fixed. I'll be fixed if the focus is more on Chalmers' ability to be effective and to be effective. And I'll slot this at number three fifty-eight. Uh, from Derek, twenty minutes of pure agony. <laughs> God, it's painful. This is the HD era for me. Just mind-numbing monotony. When you try to pay attention, you're just assaulted by the cringiest, lamest stabs and humor ever. I don't mean stabs, because that's what enduring these jokes, quote-unquote, feels like. God, complete track. I was just a naive optimist when I got back into The Simpsons six years ago, and I believe what I read that season 20 was a return to form. Having slogged through the DVD to this point, underwhelmed would be an understatement, but IGN, the most reputable of sites, had assured me that this episode was a real highlight. Are they insane? Were they completely tripped out? What were these drugs, IGN, and where can I get some? Uh, yes, I did. I uh, Every week, the Wikipedia entry for the Simpsons episodes always have the IGN review on them. And almost universally, the IGN reviews are always like, it was good. I had fun. It was laughs. And I'm like, I don't, again, I think they're just like, I, they. I, the, the criteria for some people's enjoyment of a show is, does it exist? Are there fun colors in front of my face? Animation is wonderful because there are so many colors. Exactly. I give it an 8.8. Colors. They moved in a funny way. 8.8. 9.3. That's like that's all the IGN reviews of this from the past eight years. Like me and Matt have been ripping these episodes apart on a weekly basis. And every week the IGN guy's like, oh, it was fun. 7.9. I'm like, this is the worst episode I've ever seen. <laughs> I can't imagine. Uh, from JJ. Uh, Skinner tricking Bart in the boys really reminded me of Whacking Day, so I spent most of the episode wishing I was watching Whacking Day instead. <laughs> I struggle to elicit any strong feelings, positive or negative for this one, other than it's better than some this season. Lisa and Ralph bring it up a little. The full intro, extended couch gag, and the minute-long montage of Homer getting hurt bring it down. I guess you need to fill time when you barely have a plot. The ending made it seem like Skinner had a resolution as some kind of character arc, but the episode needed to have established an arc for him in the first place for this to have worked. Also, why was Mr. Burns just hanging out in the Simpsons front lawn by himself? It's a very good question, JJ. Like, there's, again, like, if I, I'm trying to 
to curtail my worst of like, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why does this exist? This doesn't make any sense because ultimately it all leads back to the same question. They don't care. They need it to happen for the story or for the joke to happen. So it does. It's always the answer. The writer needs it to happen. Sometimes uh, making the joke happen, it's worth it. But to make it the story happen, you need to have reasons for stories. Sometimes jokes can have weird coincidences. That's fine. But you need, for plot reasons, it needs to have uh, some <laughs> reasonableness behind it. It's called a rewrite. You rewrite this, the episode to make it more, make more sense. Uh, from Benjamin, when they started in with all the Homer injuries, I thought this was a clip show. I really hate clip shows. Turned out that would have been preferable to what we got. Sloppy and poorly written throughout. Does anything of this even make sense? Um, no, no, none of it really makes sense. If you think about it, you know, none of it, none, none of the plots actually work in any way that makes sense. So, sorry. Uh, finally, from Mr. Simpsons writer, I am a Simpsons writer. I never claim to know how standardized tests work. That's a good point. I will say here, this is going to be my, my one cap, my one fact, my factoid. The writer of this episode, Michael Price, based it on his experience as a former high school English teacher. So he was a teacher. I'm pretty sure at this point, the individual writers are just told that they need a specific type of episode. Like, I don't really know. Like, again, writers, they talk about writers, the writer's room, and how, like, a lot of time you put a name on the script. It doesn't really matter because everyone writes it. Um and they do reference also that there was at least three uh, – there were earlier drafts of this, Matt. This was had more than one draft, and that is mind-boggling to me. Well, I think a lot of times whoever – like generally the way scripts work in a writer's room like this is one person uh, writes out the script, has an idea, writes out a script, and then it goes to the room to be worked on. So I have no doubt that uh, – whoever's name you just said uh as the one who actually originally wrote this script and then it just got torn to shreds and left in shreds through however many drafts and is probably not a there's no through line from the original script to what actually ended up happening i i don't know i don't know i don't know this doesn't change the fact this episode is bad um we're done with that we move on to our next segment it's time for the listener question of the week let's try one more number Yellow? KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow? All right, let's take a question of the week this week. Is who, who, what is your favorite quote from a flashback? Uh, appreciate everyone who answered. Matt, take it away. All right. First up, for Matt, and that's when the chuds came at me. Technically, I don't think that line is part of the flashback, but it's amazing. It's, a, it's uh, fine. Andy, it's fine. It's, it's close enough. We're, yeah, we'll yeah. accept it. Yeah. Uh, from Andy, Homer. Lisa, honey, if it'll make you feel better, I'll destroy something Bart loves. Hey, don't worry, son. If that really bothers you, I'll destroy something Maggie loves. <laughs> oh, absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, from Derek, uh, I thought Robbie asked this one only a few episodes ago, but actually that was your favorite quote from a flashback episode. Very crafty. See what you're doing, Robbie. Trying to catch us out. I'm on to you. I'll go with Hitler and his immortal words. Das ist das ein Bubi. <laughs> Although whether this was a real flashback or not is ambiguous, but I choose to believe it happened. At the very least, Grandpa did wear a dress for a period in the forties. I uh, oh, I realized I went uh, like after we, uh, you know, after we recorded everything. I'm like, wait a minute, I did do like, what is your favorite quote from a flashback episode? And I'm like, well, it's a different question. I probably should have spaced it out more, but uh, again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say like, 
every literally every time you guys notice something weird or like oh they already did a question like that it's like i have brain worms my brain's gone it's okay i'm sorry i try all of our brains are gone yeah I, I try i really do all right uh next up from tim uh there was a treehouse of horror episode where homer uses a time machine and he remembers that abe had given him one piece of advice son if you ever go back in time don't touch anything which is good advice for all of us really i mean i'm gonna i'm matt i know that's like technically sound advice but if i went back in time i would definitely like it would i'm not going back in time just for no reason like i want to manipulate the world so i'm definitely i'm sorry i'm gonna change things right it probably i mean it's gonna be with good intentions you know i'm gonna try i'm gonna try and stop bad people from doing bad things and also probably make myself rich well i mean that's the important way first if you know or here how about this i make myself rich and in the present day i use that wealth to stop bad people it's still selfish but but also but also and maybe i maybe accidentally disrupt the world and started world war or something or make things terrible eh you know can't (laughs) can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs exactly uh next up from jj abe's father showing abe a book of america see that son that's where we're going to live maybe not today maybe not tomorrow but someday later that day we set sail for america (laughs) just it's so it, it so perfectly sets up and destroys your expectations in a way that is just you don't see anymore would you describe that as a joke or uh, matt would you describe that as a funny joke I would describe it as a funny oh, joke. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. It's like yeah, I, I know the writers don't recognize it, but I'm I know it. Yeah, it's the yeah. Obscenity test. I, I I can't give it a definition, but I know it when I see it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Me and Supreme Court justices apparently. Oh, no. All right. Uh, from at hippie two hundred, Homer, you're as dumb as a mule and twice as ugly. If a strange man offers you a ride, I say take it. <laughs> uh, from at yes, it's Aaron, zookeeper, zookeeper. Those monkeys are killing each other. Oh. You learn about it like I did. Uh, and finally, from at Sirtis9, food goes in here. Alrighty. Robbie, what is your answer? Um, it is from Homer Palooza. I used to be with it till they changed what it was. Now what I am with isn't it. And what is it seems weird and scary to me. It'll happen to you. I appreciate that, Robbie, because you all know you've never been with it. So it's good to see how the other half live. Hey. I'm with it. I'm with it right now, Matt. What are you talking about? You, uh, I'm, 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 huh. I'm making videos on the Tim Tams, you know, uh, with uh, the, and I'm really. Yes, I too make videos on Australian candy bars. Man, I could go for a Tim Tam right now. Oh, they're so good. It oh. would be really good. Yeah. What's your answer, Matt? Candy the U.S. needs. Uh, my answer is actually from Anne Maggie makes three. It's Homer's intro to the flashback. Always struck me as one of the funniest things. Listen carefully, my words will shape images as clear as any TV show. It was a tumultuous time for our nation. The clear beverage craze gave us all a reason to live. Uh, the Internet Information Superhighway uh, showed us what some nerd thinks about uh, Star Trek. Uh, uh, and the domestication of the dog continued unabated. For some reason, the page wouldn't load. So, yes, that's just a perfect encapsulation of the early 90s. <laughs> oh. What do I do? Next week's question. Important to know what, what nerds think about Star Trek. It, uh, oh, boy. I'm... It's, I mean, they're, I, I am one of those nerds, Matt, so I'm not gonna, I'm not one to throw stones, okay? I I am one of those people, like, you need to know how I feel about Star Trek, it's very important. Next week's question, true. what is your favorite sitcom that isn't The Simpsons? Some people may not even describe The Simpsons as a sitcom, but regardless, I just want to put that caveat in there. What is your favorite sitcom that isn't The Simpsons? God, Robbie, that's gonna be hard, man. I know, that's why, that's why I'm asking the question, Matthew. 
you got to decide. I mean, I also have to decide. I'm not entirely sure what my answer would be. I'd have to think about it. Um, I'll post this question on our social media, Twitter at Simpson Show Pod. Uh, you can email us at SimpsonShowPod at gmail.com. And I also post the question on our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Simpson Show. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is for men. I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard. And try and stump the other. I still have a two-point lead on that. Two. Just two. I need it. I can do it. I can do it. We'll see about that today. Oh, no. I don't like that. Uh, okay, Matt. You ready for an easy question? I am ready, sir. In separate vocations, Bart and Lisa take what at school? The career aptitude normalizing test. Did you also use... Or can't. Did you also... Yes, I did. (laughs) I would have known that regardless, but yeah, I did. I mean, I was just going to let you say like a a vocational test or a standardized test. I I didn't need you to... You didn't have to to, to do the whole career career aptitude normalizing test, but the can't, but Uh I appreciate it. What's your... your, Hit me. Your easy question. What profession is Bart assigned in separate vocations? A police officer. You are correct. Systems analyst. Systems analyst. Systems analyst. Yes. Yes. Your main question, Matt. Bart is voiced by who when he's wit- a witness in his vision? Oh, uh, Steve Allen. You're correct. That's right. Uh, your medium question. Mm. What three animals are in the first question of the test? I almost made that a question, too. Um, but I don't. I rem- it's all it's three. It's all animals that are a job, too. Uh, I know that. I looked at that. I went like, "That's uh, Matt would get that," and so I didn't use it. And then now I regret that. Uh, I should have looked at it. Now you regret everything. I do regret it. I have many regrets. Um, uh, it's very silly too. I think they're ma- they're partially made up. Carrier pigeon. Uh, One of them is made up. The other two are real. Yeah. Okay. Carrier pigeon. Uh, um, why? Again, I don't know, Matt. My brain. I think my. I think I just died. I think my brain just turned off. So I don't. I <laughs> you can't, just stroked out on. I me. think so. I'm smelling toast. I don't have anything else. Okay. Uh, it is carpenter ant, nurse shark, and lawyer bird. Lawyer. Oh God. Nurse shark, carpenter ant, lawyer bird. Gosh, I just. I literally looked at that today, and I already forgot. Okay, Matt. Your hard question. What music school tells Lisa that she won't play the sax professionally? I gotta be honest, I, I did not look at that, so I have no clue. <laughs> it is Little Ludwig's Music School, which I don't think they ever return to in the in the show. I don't think so either. But All right, your... not, that's not bad, though. Little Ludwig? That's not bad for a name of a music school. Ludwig? No, definitely not. Okay, go ahead. So, your hard question. What is the name of the motel where Mayor Quimby is polling the electorate? <sighs> Matt, I looked at this, too, and I don't... It's uh, it is. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It is I'm getting like flashes. Um, something. I think I want to say it's snooping. Something about snooping. Um, like the the snoop or the snooping or the snoopy. I want to be snoopy. That they wanted to use that. Um, the the snooping. I'm gonna say snooping. The snooping. I'm gonna say the word snooping until it doesn't mean anything anymore. Um. <laughs> You already passed that. I, I know. It's just. It's just a just word. It's just a sound now. Um, 
wouldn't like there's peeping tom i'm like trying to think of a snooping something i don't think it's there's not they wouldn't call it the peeping tom it'd be like the snooping maybe just like snooping in is that your final answer that's my final answer matt so i got oh sorry robbie is the who's to know motel who's to know right i knew like i was like i said and i said the word snooping so many times for that uh the who's to know i think i is there like an owl or something like it's who with an owl i think so yeah yeah okay that makes sense okay who's to know i got okay i should have known that i should have known i should have gotten all these answers right there's no excuse i literally looked at this episode just like an hour ago or two hours ago robbie oh robbie of course i also did not expect you to pick this episode i thought you know, there's many episodes of The Simpsons, and yet we continually pick the same one. Probably because we just go, oh, tests. And also, Separate Vocations is, you know, it's a great episode. Great. Uh, was it season season three? Separate Vocations? Or season two? I think it's three. Yep, season three. Three, yeah. All right. But now Matt and I are tied. So begins the fall of Robbie. That's all it takes. It's just, it's just uh, now it's inevitable. You know. I guess at a certain point is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I just presume I'm going to lose. Uh, that's it for trivia. We can move on to our next segment. Our last segment. The segment we had every single episode. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is a part of our man. I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. I think this episode's bad, Matt. And I would put it... Um, Below, Homer and Lisa exchange crosswords, which we did earlier this season. I think it is worse than that. It's number 348 on the list. If you're talking, you're muted. No, sorry. I was trying to send a text. Uh, no, um, Homer and Lisa exchange crosswords. I can definitely get behind that um, just because of how completely pointless this episode is, I would say. Yeah, that's the thing. That's really what I come back to over and over and over again. And I, I think it is starting to like – I think I'm starting to shape – like an idea about what I value more after being exposed to all this different stuff, all these different bad, different permutations of bad episodes of the Simpsons. And honestly, a bad episode that at least has some sort of central theme, an idea that is like a core at the core of the episode, even if it never is fulfilled, if there's very few jokes, it, I think it is better than this, which is an episode that has three different stories, none of which go anywhere. So Homer and Lisa exchange crosswords is about, crossword puzzles largely you know and there's weird gambling stuff in there too and homer and lisa's like weird it's but it's like, at least tangentially related to the main plot yes exactly like there's not three different stories none of which are really connected um i will say on in on the other side of things i think this is better than the burns and the bees which is number 364 which is uh, gives us roughly oh like a, god yeah this is better than that so it's like it's in this window i don't know exactly where in this window but it is better than Burns All right, well, and the let's, let's look in the middle. Mommy Beerist. Isn't that the, the Marge and Moe make a pub one? Yes, this is better. I think this is better than Mommy Beerist. I don't really like Mommy Beerist. I would Beerist. agree because I really don't like that one. No, I don't either. Oh. Um, there's Sex Pies and Idiot Scrapes. That is, I believe, the erotic baking with Marge. Yeah, but what's the other plot? Because that, that plot was fine. Stupid, but fine. Oh, that's that is the bounty hunting. That is Homer and Flanders... As bounty that's hunters right, with the long oh. uh, parkour sequence at the end. So it's I very would, comparable to this one because I, of the, the long... Yeah. Um, I think that's... I think that's better. 
I think I'd rather watch that again than this. I certainly would, and that's really saying something. I yeah, like it's not good, but I think it's better. Um, so that, that hey, we got it. That's that's if it's it's better than Mommy Beers, but worse than Sex Pies and Idiot Scrapes, and that's exactly where it's at between those two episodes. It's a number three fifty six on our list. That's how the test was won. Why? Why did Matt? Why does everything have to be like a weird pun wordplay? Like, I guess they want to feel clever, and the only way they can, rather than writing jokes for the episode, is making puns based on titles. Yeah, like, maybe, like, write a f- joke in the episode versus, you know, like, spending time... Maybe maybe the interns write the uh, episode names, and that... they aren't don't have all the funniness crushed out of interns them. Interns are like, go busy getting, busy getting sandwiches, Matt. They don't get to contribute to the creative process. I don't think they get in- interns anyway. Fine, the new writers get to do the titles. <laughs> They're really out there to prove themselves. Like, watch, I'm going to really get them with this pun this week. Um, so that's number 356 on our list. Uh, below Sex Pies and Idiot Scrapes, up and right above Mommy Beerist is a new number 165 in our Golden Years ranking, not gold, post-Golden Years ranking. Uh, last place is still Coded Men's Day. Number one is still Homer's Enemy, my beloved. Uh, we're not done, though, yet. We're not done, though, yet. We're not done yet, though. We're not done words. I, whew. Um, losing for the millionth time, I'm losing my perspicacity. We can uh, do one more thing, Matt, before we go. We have one more question. Probably at this point, I'm doubting you ever had perspicacity. Hey, Matt, you go listen to those other episodes. Okay, I'm very well, I'm still well thought out and well spoken. It's just, you know, the brain rot from the Bad Simpsons. Okay, I'm fighting it every step along the way. It's like being exposed to radiation. <laughs> it really is. It's like walking through the exclusion zone in Chernobyl, you know, and you're digging up dirt and it has, you know, ccm or something in it and you're breathing it in in your lungs except it goes directly to my brain it's not good for it um i'm gonna say eventually we have one more thing to do one more question to answer and that question is do we shoot this episode out of the cannon Uh, <laughs> there's no new reason to there's keep no this. reason to keep this there's nothing in this it's just <laughs> empty uh what do you say we say fire the cannon <laughs> goodbye goodbye um we uh it feels good it does feel good to fire the cannon um we can move on to uh the top of the list as we are working our way down slowly getting through all these episodes deciding what's akin and what's not we are at number 104 which is the homer they fall from season eight. Oh, this stays so hard if you even suggested getting rid of this i would go on a tirade homer they fall is a lot of fun and like i think i've said this a couple times this is the part of the list that's like just really fun episodes very funny very quotable not deep character arcs, really, but just enjoyable, good, well-constructed comedy. And that's where they fall. We get, you know, kid, 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 handsome, kid, you know, to, to, to kid Mo. We got, uh, yes, all us angels wear Ferris slacks. <laughs> we got a, a lot of good joke uh, quotes from Dredrick Tatum. Like... A lot of good ones from the Don King stand. Yeah, that's, and, uh, yeah, that's all very, it's all very funny. Homer and they fall, of course, stands. Yes. Stays in the canon. Um, very very good um our next episode matt is no loan again naturally 
Robbie, did you have a stroke while saying that? Because it sounded like you said alone again naturally, but did no, it no, all. no, no, no alone again naturally. That is the name of this title. The title of this episode. Um, in this episode, the Simpsons lose their house, but Ned Flanders buys it and offers to write it back to them. However, when they turn out to be less than reliable renters, Flanders kicks them out. I, you know, what, I was always begging, you know, for years and years and years, even during the golden years as a younger man, as a teenager, I was going, you know what we need? I need an episode where Flanders is a bad landlord. <laughs> I don't know that Flanders is a bad landlord. We need an episode where uh, the Simpsons are bad tenants. It's very hard. See, Matt, that's the that's going to be an issue, okay? Where you're asking me to side with the landlord, okay? And it's not something you want to do anymore. Not anymore. And also, like the Simpsons are a protagonist, correct? Not Flanders. Yep. Why would they be? The, why would you frame an episode about the Simpsons being bad and make us root for Flanders instead? Fantastic question. I guess we'll see. I'm. I'm. Here's my actual guess, Matt. Is that this episode is nonsense? And that plot synopsis I read doesn't actually even matter. <laughs> um, that's my guess, is that that is the like first two minutes of the episode or something, and then the rest is just g- cartoon nonsense, you know, with like wacky shenanigans between houses. We'll see. That's next time uh, on the show. Appreciate everyone who, 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 who's, who listens, who watches. We love you. You're the best. Um, I said... You're, you, for we're in season twenty of the show, and it doesn't. It's not lost on me that the golden years are well past us. <laughs> uh, uh, what do I say? I say that the show is on. If you need to find us online, where everything's on our website, it's the Simpsons Show dot com. It has links to our episodes, to this, to our our best episode ever list, to uh, like our Twitter and our, our social media stuff, and our Patreon. If you want to help us out, support us on Patreon. It's the best way. It, money goes directly to us helps pay for the hosting which costs more and more um and helps pay us for our time honestly um it's not a trivial amount of time i spend and matt for that matter uh but mostly robbie he does mo- the editing he has to listen to me not once but twice sometimes three times but depending on an episode um like on really long ones i'm like do i really need that do we really need to hear you and i talk about star trek again no <laughs> probably not um but if you want the uncut episode. Yeah, uncut episodes, everything's on there on the Patreon. Really appreciate everyone who supports us there. Um, we're very thankful. You can find me online on my website, which is RobbieDorman.com, and my Twitter is at Robbie Dorman. Everything's my name. I'm on everything. Everything is my name. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm not on TikTok yet. Although every day I'm like, I probably should just do it. Just give up my tell sell my privacy to the Chinese government. So that I can maybe sell five more books a month. <laughs> maybe. 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 Uh, is it worth it? Are they going to, does it really matter? Mm, I don't know. Principle that matter. Really? Just like Lisa. Uh, this, my newest book is called Killer Hockey Mascot. It's about Killer Hockey Mascot. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a really fun monster slasher type book. If you like Jason or Freddy. Or any of those types of, or even like Five Nights at Freddy's, speaking of Freddy. Um, I think this book's right for you. You should go check it out. It's on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Oh, that is true. I spend all my time playing with kittens and cleaning up after them, which I'm going to do right after this because, good God, kittens can make messes. You had no idea they could be possible. Uh, they could possibly exist. If you'd like to see them in their cute form, uh, yeah, after they've been bathed and cleaned up, you can check out Kitten Turns, K-A-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S, 
on Instagram, you can see how adorable they are when they stop screaming, which I assure you is only for brief periods of the day. But through the magic of photographs, you don't get to hear the screaming or clean the messes or smell. So, hey, it's great. Check out adorable kittens and possibly adopt some. Please, I've got so many of them. You should do all those things. I mean, just at least follow on Instagram so you see those cute kittens. It's really nice. Kittens are They're good. Make your day better, I promise. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that'll do it for us today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And you keep watching this episode. Shh.